Hello, Trash Future fans. Just a quick heads up. There's a bit of an audio splice at the beginning of this recording of our live show just because I, being a genius, didn't start record on time when Milo began the set. However, you'll notice a slight transition when it goes to the actual mixer audio, and then it'll be normal from there on out. I should say that again. Very normal. Thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoy. Oh, wow. This week, dearies, I've been woken from my long slumber and been forced once more onto my writing desk to inform you that the chattering classes of this one great nation have yet again been all of a flutter in their outrage. Jeremy Corbyn and his cabal of Stalinist ISIS sympathizers have managed to convince the London Ramona boards that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister himself, plans to sell the NHS to Donald Trump and US big business. Now we cannot move for cries of they're dismantling the NHS. Drug prices will skyrocket, but what evidence have these Maoist wind turbine mothers produced? Sure, there were the minutes of an official government negotiation during which Conservative representatives told US officials that the NHS would be on the table. But you can prove anything with official government documents. <laughs> Why, the Iraq War WMG dossier was a government document, but the loony Venezuela left aren't so keen on that, are they? And since when are we combing through the minutes of each meeting anyway? I would say that if you took minutes at any normal person's dinner table, you'd catch them in all sorts of unwise conversational gambits about the health benefits of blackface. <laughs> nothing more than bawdy locker room banter. Except at my dinner table, where I always dine alone. And what does on the table even mean? All sorts of things have been in all kinds of topographical relationships to tables in history. (laughs) And not all of them have been sold to the Americans. In many cultures, placing things on a table is actually a sign of reverence. As per usual, the group think Basque separatist-loving Corbynistas (laughs) are taking the British public for fools. Because how would you even go about selling the NHS to the Americans? Do they propose to dismantle Guy's Hospital for fellas and ship it... (laughs) and ship it brick by brick to Mar-a-Lago where it will serve as an ornate bowling alley? It doesn't make any sense. The shipping costs alone would be prohibitive. (laughs) Let alone retrofitting the lanes and those little gutter barriers that pop up from the floor, which I always use. And even if they were to sell the NHS to the Americans, would that be so bad? What is wrong with the spirit of free market competition being allowed to improve our healthcare for a change? A truly competitive system would allow people to compare prices and find the best option for them. If the gonorrhea medication is too expensive at Pepsi Rom for General, (laughs) Glasgow Royal Infirmary brought to you by Blackwater will welcome you (laughs) as a new customer. Consumers who are unhappy with privatised health services can simply vote with their feet and move to a country with state-owned ones. (laughs) Indeed, if the gender-neutral toilets for terrorists loving left love the NHS so much, why don't they set up their own competing NHS under the banner of a real or provisional NHS (laughs) and let the public decide what they prefer? I'm sure if the millionaire champagne socialists Corbyn and McDonald sold their mansions and fleet of boats, <laughs> they could keep it going for a good few weeks. I say let's see them put their money where their mouth is. 
Dear reader, I put it to you that we must struggle against Corbyn and his Khmer Rouge-loving trade unionist pals <laughs> and the bleak, uninspiring future they envisage, a future where drone-like comrades in grey overalls will provide endless, identical food to hungry children at school, care for the elderly, mental health services to the homeless, <laughs> and, of course, the NHS. Else one day you will find yourself in a huge waiting room at the V.I. Lenin NHS Memorial Hospital. <laughs> waiting for your monthly injection of propaganda and you'll take a ticket from the machine and you'll look down at your number and that number will be 1984! Please welcome the stage I love what we've done with the bass for the song. Yeah. I love that Nate is behind like an actual club DJ deck. <laughs> Turning this into like a hip hop comedy night where like every time we do a zinger, he's just going to play like a hip hop scratch <laughs> or whatever. I'm, I want to request the air horn specifically. I want wah, wah, wah. <laughs> exactly. We love to see uh, it. So before we get any further, I just want to say to everyone here, Welcome all of you to the live show of Trash Future, the podcast about if we do not implement fully automated luxury gay space economies in the future is and will be trash. I fucked it up again, but hello. How are you doing? I, I am joined, I am joined as ever uh, by Milo Edwards to my left. Hello, I'm pleased to be here at this uh, sensible center-left people for Never Corbin rally. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, wait, that's yours. Hang on. We're not doing beer communism yet. Uh, I, we're also joined by uh, Eleanor Yaniga, returning champion, filling in for Alice. Stop Eleanor. <laughs> She's here to help us go medieval. Uh, it's true and very lame. We also ha have Nate, Nate on the boards, who will join us up front once he's done on the boards. Doing something. Hello. Hey. Hello, everyone. Thank you. And, 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 we are also joined by returning champion, Rob Delaney! Good evening. Good evening, friends. Star of stage, screen, and Twitter advert. Um, Standing in for Chaka Ramana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Lib Dems winning here. <laughs> um, speaking of the Lib Dems, ever since I heard the phrase skills wallet, I've had a dream. Ah. And I would very much like for all of you to help me realize that dream. Are you ready to do that for me right now? When I say skills, you say wallet. Skills! Wallet! Skills! Wallet! What do we want? Wallets! <laughs> I got you. I got you all in my clever web. So, we, as usual, have prepared a whole bunch of... Um, News, reviews, and things you could use for investment in startups today for you. Because we all want to help our audience begin to make rentier returns against, like, trivial investments. We will consider our job done when each and every one of you is as rich as SoftBank. So, uh, Nate, are you about done doing, doing twisting knobs? Well, we'll find out if people's ears explode or not, but uh, yeah. here's hoping. All right. Hmm. So we're going to play the startup game as we do with, uh, with every live show. And my goodness, have I ever found a fun one. It is called Zoom, and it's not spelled normal. 
How many O's play. are we talking here? Not a single O. Oh, fuck you. Left of O's. Is it a oh, U yes. with, a, with a line over it? Uh, it it's, it's a normal U. Uh, it's American. Uh, mm. It's Z-U-M-E. No. I'd like, a, I'd like I, an on the basis of the name. I rebuke it. <laughs> is it, a, uh, is it a, like an off-brand cheap copy of the Microsoft Zune? <laughs> Which we already know failed. I mean, I immediately hear failure when I hear that name already. <laughs> Keep that thought in your mind. <laughs> um, not, yeah, it, it's the Zune listener. Yes, that's true. Mm. Real heads know. Um, no, so it's, a, it's Z-U-M-E. Uh, I, of course, have blanked out several of the lines of their um, purpose and vision statement. Um, don't worry, you won't be able to tell anything from it. <laughs> purpose. The purpose of Zoom. We are on a relentless quest. <laughs> don't I know it, ho? <laughs> hey! They are not relenting on their quest. No. To create a smarter and more sustainable blank system. Ooh. Skills wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, Rob got it. It's yeah. the Lib Dems, apparently. <laughs> Although, inter- interestingly, I know I've said this before on the show, but I cannot emphasize it enough that the um, fight the collapse of civilization plan of the Lib Dems is invest in startups. <laughs> so, oh, no, I can't. Like, it's not, I'm not drunk enough. Sorry, not not this early? Oh, on the startup tip, though, Skills Wallet is the worst thing uh, I've heard since, I think, last week when Pete Buttigieg uh, said he was going to strengthen paths for people. <laughs> he was going to strengthen yeah. paths to education, and that's just such fucking yeah. McKinsey brain rot. No, what he's yes. what he's doing is look. There are several. Most universities actually have a dirt roads leading up to them, yeah. and by increasing tuition by only seventy percent, we can actually pave them. Yeah. So strengthen path is actually the uh, the Jim Bro offshoot of Shining Path. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where I'm look, I'm gonna do the thing that I do in studio. You get to see it now, where I drag us back on track. Okay, all right. Um, we're on a relentless quest to build, create a smarter and more sustainable blank system. Political system, am I right, folks? It's the Lib Dems again. <laughs> a plumbing system. Oh, communication, since that also means nothing. Uh, Rideshare system. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I because have... like with Zoom, they're 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 like presupposing that there's not enough, you know, ways that we're torturing migrants by forcing them to drive us around town. Like no, that's, absolutely. That's kind of like how we're I'm going. Cre- we're creating a smarter and more sustainable impossible migration system. <laughs> um, okay. It's like Uber, but for climbing into the back of a truck. Oh. Oh. I don't okay. Know. Okay. Okay. Vision. Vision. Here's the vision of Zoom. It's bad. Not good. <laughs> it's bad. Look, honestly, like you give one U.S. tech bro like ten minutes, and they will figure out a way to like extract monopoly rents from that shit. Mm. Vision. We will achieve our purpose. Um, not a cult startup. Mm-hmm. By uniting the blank supply chain to the creation of a sustainability fabric. Wait. No. Oh damn. <laughs> sustainability fabric. Yeah. Unlike a normal fabric, this is a sustainability fabric. Mm. Yeah, and it's woven not with mere cloth. No, no, no. It is woven using data. 
you know, one of yeah. these sustainability fabrics that you make through, uh, you know, data and things of that nature. Predictive <laughs> analytics, of course. Walking, Look, I just want to point out one more fucking time how every STEM person should be forced at gunpoint to take at least one humanities class. Oh, yeah. Because that would... That would... <laughs> All of this, I would just like, I'm just want, I want a highlighter and I want to be like, unclear. Uh, <laughs> also, just, since no. you're the medieval specialist, how wonderful would it be to take every tech bro and be like, snap your fingers and be like, you're a fucking blacksmith's apprentice in uh, Transylvania in 1300 and you have yeah. scurvy. I mean, fucking <laughs> earn a living, you son of a bitch. I'm, I'm just, I'm unfortunately, just, I think that's a lot of their kinks. So it's like, uh, I'm not getting paid enough. It's uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining being hauled away by the cops for indecent exposure and just screaming, how can I be naked when my skin is covered in data? <laughs> <laughs> Look, also, every, everyone knows blacksmiths were the tech bros of the 1100s. I mean, it's That's true. Fair. It's true. So I'm going to, yes, correct. Look, so the sustainability fabric, this one we've been talking about, you know that meaningful thing? Mm. Um, it's woven using <laughs> data and predictive analytics. Duh. Um, mm. And it balances supply and demand, you know, like fabrics do. Uh, re reducing waste, all while eliminating more carbon than is produced. Okay. What? It's a Swiss Army startup. It does everything. <laughs> it's, it's a fabric, what? it's data, okay, so it's, it's a, analytics. It's, it's a fabric that's... Um, it does not necessarily... I think we can we can fit the skills wallet in. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So it's a data fabric that is balancing something about... Supply and demand. Uh, it also reduces waste. And eliminates more carbon than is produced. You know, like all fabric. we need to do it is three hundred million dollars that your father got from <laughs> yeah, doing high speed trading that like tanked mm. three African nations. Yeah, yeah. That's, no. that's all we need. Oddly enough, Rob, um, the amount of money you just said nowhere near. What they have. <laughs> <laughs> they have In my played. little mind, they have so much more money than that okay, for so this mixed metaphor. Like, is this mixed metaphor just about, like, perhaps taking over five African nations? And, like. Oh, it is about so much less. <laughs> the Mark Thatcher startup. <laughs> no, it's, um, this is the, the, it's the brilliant um, ingenuity of Silicon Valley that is able to do, like, a quantum measurable plank length amount with enough money to end a major social problem in a developed nation. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'm going to do one more uh, guess down the panel, and then I'm going to tell you what it is. What do you guess this thing is? Uh, filling potholes. <laughs> um, something about money. I mean, Zoom makes me think something transportation-related. Rob is closest. I'm still thinking it's something delivery or rideshare-related. Follow that. Deliv Wait. It's delivery stroke transportation. Have we ever covered anything similar to it before? <laughs> Nate actually is on the money. Ooh. Is it the fucking pizza van? <laughs> <laughs> the van that bakes your pizza while it's going so, to you? Um, if you couldn't guess, uh, this sustainability fabric that has you know more than the GDP of like a medium-sized country, uh, or at least the sector of a medium-sized country, that's on a relentless quest... Um, it's a pizza delivery van. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So what the fuck does sustainability have to do with it? Like that, that unsustainable ass pizza. That's oh, it like, is, oh, it's not. It's like, you know, I'm out here, like, they're, well, they're Jenners taking each other to dinner on, like, flights, but I got to worry about my pizza now? No. 
Plus, the no. Domino's Pizza Tracker is all the data blanket I need. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I go to bed every night. I sleep warm under the Domino's Pizza Tracker. Yeah, the, the Domino's Pizza Tracker isn't sophisticated enough for this because it would both be on delivery and prep at the same time. Okay, okay. You'd have to oh. have a non-Euclidean pizza tracker. Oh, you, oh, you poor fools. <laughs> It's not just any pizza delivery van worth hundreds of millions of dollars that it, it somehow is going to change the world. It uses robotics to make the pizza while it's in transit to you. Oh, thank God for that. I would hate it if anyone who was a human like got a wage. Like that's, no. It keeps me awake at night. I don't eat pizza that wasn't made by an Italian man in his 50s. <laughs> I don't do it. Tangential to this point, but I don't know if, you, if people are familiar with this story. There was a delivery service. I want to say it was at a couple of American universities. It was like they were robots using AI to deliver food. You could order your food. It would bring it on a rope. What they didn't reveal until much later was actually they were drones being controlled by people in Colombia oh, making a dollar right. an hour. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's yeah. kind of AI uh, in a personal right. touch. Oh, God. <laughs> don't worry. And that wasn't just pizza they were delivering. Here's the thing. This, <laughs> this company, don't worry. This company was absolutely not viable and was laughed out of existence. They've since shuttered their pizza delivery van concept with the exception of one lowly van that Aww. still drives around San Francisco. And that is where the story should end. It's like, oh, no. Well, they did, that was like the one van they couldn't stop. Like, <laughs> we'll just have to let out. That will keep, that will keep <laughs> delivering pizza until the day it dies. There's nothing that can be done. It's so basically, out of this control. is like the Voyager space probe. If it made pizza, <laughs> just hurling out there into oh, eternity. Yeah. Lo long after mm. California is rendered completely uninhabitable by its own policies, this van will continue trawling the wastes, offering, by the way, famously awful pizza uh. <laughs> to you know whatever tree stump happens to be left. No, don't worry. If you were concerned that the um terrible robotic pizza delivery van that was going to change the world startup went out of business? Don't worry, it didn't. It received $375 million from SoftBank and now have a valuation, now have a valuation of $4 billion. <laughs> One van! One van! It's a really good van. <laughs> if you... if. If you have a car and then like a Rube Goldberg device, you have the assets of a $4 billion tech company. Yo, you gave us your van and we heard that you like pizza and business ideas that make no sense. So, so now $375 million, whatever they could, they, could that have been invested in? Something specific and useful, I imagine. Mm. <laughs> um. This is a quote from the CEO, a Mr. Alex Garden. Um, there are a few more funny mid -tier names in this. Name, mid -tier. No, no. There's a really funny name in this one. Um, Ron, uh, there's uh, Mark Crumpacker. <laughs> <laughs> Previous of the biscuit delivery van startup. <laughs> and, then, and then there's a guy called Ron Storn. <laughs> Nice. That that like is way on the nose for like you know sixties Swedish porn. So I'm kind of into that. That's mm. fine. That's fine. So here's what Alex Garden, mid tier name, said: We're gonna be the Amazon of food. Isn't that just Amazon? <laughs> um, but wait, but we're gonna be the Amazon of food if all you wanted was very specifically pizza. <laughs> like it's just 
an endless shell. I've, I mean, yeah. if we consider that Amazon is mostly just a dildo factory, that's okay. Yeah, no, story checks yeah. out. Story checks so, out. Oh, you think only Amazon can have like wage slaves? No, no, no. Don't worry. We got that. We got that shit. Here's the thing. Do, uh, what Mr. Garden, of course, before he invented the Amazon of food, that um, $4 billion valued um, pizza delivery truck that's just one truck, um, he was the president of Zynga Studios and came up with Farmville. Ah. Both very good at providing notional food. <laughs> so, okay. I've now done the normal thing I do when we have the startup segment. And um, I've got their, uh, their About Us section. And uh, I want you, just when you think I've stumbled on the section where they use the Economics 101 trope, just, just shout. Here's the deal, they say. One-third of the world's food goes to waste, which means all the water, energy, and greenhouse gases used to produce that food are wasted with it, making the food industry one of the biggest contributors to climate change. So we took our one pizza van and have decided to take $4 billion that can be invested in doing something else into, you know, innovating. Um, no, so this is an issue, they say, with a $990 billion price tag, uh, which I'm sure they've probably came up with pretty carefully. They're trying to get that four. They're trying to raise it a little bit up. Um, and it's an even bigger price tag for the planet. So, you know, it's good. They're thinking of the price for the planet. Like, what will we have to pay if, you know, civilization... Never mind. Um, it's, an <laughs> it's an insanely complex system, but we believe the solution is simple. Give me money. Data yeah. <laughs> Economics 101. Supply oh. and demand. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. So. I just want to point out, this is essentially uh, Italian Elon Musk, but uh -huh. like turned into a business plan. They're like, I'm going to shoot the calzone into space. Uh, <laughs> hey, disruptione. Only not as good. Wait, hang on. No, this is Italian Elon Musk. <laughs> Those are my roots. <laughs> that's, yeah, Italian-American Elon yeah. Musk. So. This is a tall order, right? How's a, how's a robotic pizza delivery company that has um, one van to its name but a $4 billion valuation somehow going to fight climate change through a data blanket? This is a Futurama plot line. Like, <laughs> no. Look, um, to all you, all you uh, doubting Thomases and Thomasinas in the audience, um, actually, uh, Zoom uses real-time food consumption data and predictive analytics to help food companies better predict demand, connect it with production, and drive better resource decisions down the food supply chain. No, because you're saying food companies, but it's a van. <laughs> it's one van. I've developed an amazing website called Will People Need to Eat Today? And it's just <laughs> a massive page that just says yes. <laughs> you know... Friends of the show, people, long-time listeners, will, will understand that we have the constant reference to a particular plot device in the classic video game Metal Gear Solid 2, in which a submarine gets used to route the entire internet so that uh, basically the submarine controls all information in the world. It's, it's a plot device that only makes sense if, you, if, you, if you're into that kind of a thing. <laughs> but this does kind of sound like they want the entire food industry to be routed through a pizza van in San Francisco. <laughs> But like so in a way, Hideo Kojima wasn't that far off, was he? Okay. Wait, so the guy who runs this, this company has to like wear a leather trench coat and skateboard everywhere <laughs> and regularly say things like, I'm in. <laughs> so here's the thing. After getting all of that money, um, they're not just one pizza van anymore. They're a pizza van and a website. Okay. 
Um, oh, I love the idea they didn't have a website before. <laughs> you know what, what's, what's We're amazing? Van only. What's amazing about this though is that this is absurd to us, but in 1999, this would have been worth four billion dollars. Literally, oh, yeah. like if you think about dot com boom stuff, you have a van, you have a website, you're in fucking business. You're like Henry Ford. <laughs> so. I mean, it's all very Bay Area. This is, but this is the other thing too, and what is really like strictly important about it—they're going to disrupt everything. But the van is one more time. It's just in the Bay Area. It's just in the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's cool. I'm not sure that Tech Bros have realized that there are other places yet, and I'm kind yeah. of like, I'm hoping they don't. No. Uh, it is my major thing, but like, I, I know I'm, yeah, no, I'm so look, tired all the time. We're just and we're just gonna computerize the like every single bite of a crisp you take in the Bay Area. Yeah. They're like tech flat earthers, like they don't believe in Australia. <laughs> no. To be fair, I barely believe in Australia. So say, we call our product the sustainability fabric because it weaves all the pieces of the food system together. Absolutely fucking not. You know, no. Creating a horrendous bacon and ice cream lattice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so apparently it's, um, yeah, it's, like, a, it's like a bacon ice cream lattice uh, that mostly <laughs> is just a truck, um, but that has a lot of ambitions. Um, and we could use the money that they have to, like, you know, solve poverty or whatever, but let's hear them out. But, like, do you know how many homeless people there are in the Bay Area? I mean, look, they can deliver them all pizzas <laughs> with this one weird trick. Uh, so, here's the well, thing. In phase, in phase two, I think they become the food. <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel comforted by that, so that's fine now. Okay, good. So, here is, I, I, that is Zoom's explanation of what they do. I went to press to see if I could find a plain English explanation of what it is that they do. Um, and what they offer is... Um, Bespoke mobile kitchens that double as food trucks and delivery vehicles. So, food trucks. They've invented a burger van. <laughs> combined, combined with an AI system designed to better understand and respond to customer demand based on location, traffic patterns, and similar. So, what they've invested is a restaurant, but it's a restaurant you can never go to twice. <laughs> oh, it's damn, always it's, different. It's, it's pre-Socratic Greek philosophy restaurant. Can you truly step into the same restaurant twice? <laughs> Zoom says no. Yeah, thank you to the 10 people who got that one. <laughs> Making my degree feel worth it. Yeah. So like, you know, if you, um, let's say you're like, ah, oh, I want to go to my favorite pasta restaurant. It's down on 3rd Street. You're like, well, okay. Um, it's a taqueria and it's on 5th now, but I'm sure it'll be fine. What if I told you the pasta restaurant is wherever you need it to be? Maybe uh, the pasta restaurant was inside us all along. I don't Damn. Know. No, um, we're, what's inside us is going to be in the pasta restaurant, served to the last people who can afford to eat it. Oh, that's the homeless people stage. Yeah, I got it, got it. Mm. Oh, man, this is such an evil company, mostly because it's stupid. So, basically, this company, which, by the way, is one food truck that leases other food trucks to credulous morons, um, yes. has three divisions somehow. Uh, Zoom Source creates smarter and more sustainable methods for how food is grown, produced, and delivered. Um, if you want an example of what $4 billion gets you, can you do a quick guess for me? What has Zoom Source accomplished? No. Uh, nothing. No. Nothing. Less Absol than nothing, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> they got someone fired. I don't... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, One it's of their vans has, like, weed growing on the top. 
I, I they found a farm on a map and wrote farm under it, and that's. <laughs> no, they just need to take a couple years to kind of like really find themselves. That's. Uh, Eleanor is closest. Here is the uh, quote from the CEO about why they're a four billion dollar company based on this division. We did some internet searches for two <laughs> weeks. No! Hell yeah. <laughs> Trying to find packaging companies that made different pizza boxes. <laughs> so they're really what? sticking to their wheelhouse here. Oh, fucking hell. This is like the ferry company all over again. <laughs> and we found there really wasn't much variety out there. We tried doing nothing and it didn't work. We're all out of ideas. <laughs> they're almost all made by a small select group of companies who just repeat the same ideas for pizza boxes Do over and over now? <laughs> Do they fucking uh, now? Are you tired of this same boring old pizza boxes? <laughs> Holy shit! I want this like is... I want like one of those like only seen on TV commercials, and it's like someone's like fiddling with the pizza box, and they're like, oh, it's, it's on the fucking flight. Like the pizza's on the ceiling. <laughs> I want this camera. <laughs> this is just Joe Joe Rogan for startups. Like, dude, pizza is round, but for years we've been putting it in a square box. That was their idea. No, that was their no! idea. Sorry, Mecca's that way, right? I just <laughs> fucking hell. I'm, I'm I'm doing this for now. I'm just um. Oh, so hold on, I'm gonna say cost of single payer United States. Uh, how much would this be? Um, it'd be very cheap if we had one see. hospital. We put it in a van. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this would be about um ten percent of what it would do. It would cost to make like, single payer healthcare for the states. Uh, instead, we're like, what if pizza boxes were round? Mm. So, hey, what it really you sounds tired of handling all that extra cardboard? We're gonna save the climate by making pizza boxes round. Four billion dollars, please. And it's it also literally just sound, like, it literally sounds like a guy with a pizza van met a guy who used to work at Farmville, and they're like, SoftBank will fucking buy this one way or the other. And it's like they're so full up sloshing with Gulf oil money. They're like, we got to spend this on something. It's like, uh, a pizza van that's going to give us the future. All right, do it. Also, like, dude, just smoke like a bit less weed. Like, <laughs> like, they, like, have they not even done the most basic research into pizza boxes? I mean, clearly they haven't, right? Because there's a reason Finally, why they pizza did a boxes few Google are square. Because it's fucking hard to make a round box. Like, it's cost prohibitive to make a round disposable box. No, I'm pretty sure this company that loses $50 million a year and is worth $4 billion because it has one van and some Google searches has figured out how to do it cheaper. Do you know how hard it is to store round things? They don't tessellate. <laughs> Alex Garden goes on. So I said, wow, that's really weird. Okay, I bet well, you let's... fucking did. <laughs> okay, mm. well, yeah, that's just really weird. Let's just, as a startup, like we're a startup, I'm reading the quote here. No one can tell us what the rules are. Ah! <laughs> Sir, are you a four-year-old? Like, I... Why don't we just get a whiteboard and draw what a cool pizza box would be? Uh, oh, it's no, the Homer! No, it's, it's got the a Homer! Show. It's the Homer, but for pizza boxes. Except the Homer has a sort of kind of like retro charm. <laughs> so... Uh, it's got go faster. I, I have a couple more things before we move on to some of the news. 
Um, they have another division called Zoom Forward, which when Mark Crumpacker left was moved with Zoom Culinary. All of their executives are leaving rapidly. <laughs> Zoom Forward, grow your business by moving food closer to where customers want it. Oh, it's delivery. <laughs> <laughs> it's not delivery, it's Delicio for the Canadians. Disruption, um, hey. Demand for food. Demand for food varies by time of day and trade area. Amazing. Amazing. I know three times when it's really hot. Oh, oh <laughs> Rob, they go into that. <laughs> no. There aren't many traditional brick-and-mortar locations that offer the perfect mix of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, sweetie, it's cold McDonald's. <laughs> they've just invented a diner. They've, have they hey, never like, what, eaten? What a, what a slap in the face to like one of the only good things America has come up with, the diner. Like, oh, Jesus. Like, it's, it's, have, have they been just, were they born a year ago and raised on nothing but Huel? Are they not aware? Like, oh my God, there could be three meals distinct from one another in the type of food that we put in them? They to have, be fair, I'm only... sure that everyone who works there, who I'm, I'm sure they're all named Chet, and they all had like mm. just some kind of like nanny that sort of threw food at them. So like the concept of meals, probably not so much. So they've like only been to Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs> so using a mobile kitchen that can change location based on predictive analytics is a breakthrough in restaurant development. What about just delivery? Why do you have to move the restaurant? I thought it was Muhammad didn't move the mountain. This is becoming increasingly emotional for me, and, like, I, I don't know. The thing is, Riley, you're thinking inside the box, and the box you're thinking inside is square. <laughs> <laughs> However, to support Zoom Forward, this thing where they've decided they want to make every restaurant into a car, you know, every restaurant must be mobile. It must go to where you want. No one should go to a restaurant. All this is just making me think of is the, the Chris Morris bit about the pedophile dressed up as a school. <laughs> so, to support this, they also have invested tens of millions of dollars in new battery technology. They're like, well, obviously if we want to make restaurants perfectly mobile and completely automated, we'll need to invent a new type of battery, of course. More billions, please. On an unrelated note, we really needed a regime change in Bolivia. I'm not... <laughs> like, oh, Oh, we get to that later. <laughs> we actually do in the notes. <laughs> Nicolas Maduro was refusing our groundbreaking round box technology. <laughs> so Zoom Culinary ensures that quality never suffers <laughs> by elevating hospitality through the de delivery experience. <laughs> um, here's what this actually is. Uh, all they've ever done, ever, other than their one food truck they own themselves, is they leased 30 to a company called And Pizza in Washington, D.C., uh, and they've said, this opens up the uh, opportunity for the company to try out new neighborhoods and check the demand for different products for $4 billion. Amazing. <sighs> I, no, no, I got nothing. I'm just so angry. I don't understand. What are they spending the money on? Uh, you know, just paper, uh, paper clips. Is it just like Racers. Wolf of Wall Street in their office the whole time? They're like throwing dwarves at a target, like fucking... I mean, they're clearly doing mountains of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 allegedly. I keep like, <laughs> My favorite movie is uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I watch it I watch it at least once a month. And at the end, uh, they avert uh, a nuclear attack on San Francisco, and you're happy. But well. I'm now realizing... 
<laughs> it would be a it'd be a it'd be an even better movie if the bomb just struck and fucking incinerated that <laughs> shithole. <laughs> Look. Here's the thing, Rob, I'm about to prove you wrong <laughs> because they've got two moonshots they're going to change the world and Eleanor is uniquely well positioned to comment on one of them as a medievalist. Is Look at me now, mom. <laughs> you one... said I'd never use this in my job. <laughs> Does one of them actually involve shooting the moon? Because that's actually cool. The first is um, the Zoom Giga Farm. <laughs> oh, wait, no. See, here it is, y'all. It's luxury automated freaking feudalism, isn't yes. it? No. Oh, yep. Hell yes. No. Yep. The Zoom Giga Farm. No. <laughs> the Zoom no. Giga Farm. Is it using the three field system? Well, it's an agricultural platform, is what it is. So they Which made is, Farmville you real. You know what that is? A fucking field. Yeah, but Milo. These, these hoes are going to try to resell me the heavy plow, which was a major uh, development in the 14th century, which uh, led to the opening up of fields in Northern Europe, which had heavier clay-based soils. Oh, but they're going to try to Again. disrupt this app. They're going to try to disrupt me. I'm not having it. I'm going to scoop all they asses. My man bringing the heavy plow. Nah. The zoo. Nah. This is an insult to all of my peasant ancestors. The Zoom Giga Farm is, of course, an agricultural platform that supports growers with fixed-rate leases for both land and utilities. Holy shit, it's sharecropping. <laughs> oh, my God, no. No. We have been through this. Is there, is, there a way, is there a way they could get workers for it through some sort of, like, auction system? Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, the, but, the what, is, but what if it's just like... Don't say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's better than that because, you know, if they're just born there, they'll be tied to the land and yes. they'll have to, you know, ask permission to yeah. move down the road. It's, um, it's fine. I'm talking about serfdom. Yeah, it, That's it's, a serfdom. Yeah, but in serfdom this... is another way of being unfree. You're not owned as chattel, but you're not free. Yeah. So ooh, it's like... Ooh, it's, pre-slavery. You're a ooh, serf. Pre-slavery. You're a serf, but there's no E. Yeah, you're a, you're a it's surf. like it's like it's surf with a U, but you know because it's Northern California, so <laughs> it's sort of S U with an umlaut R F E. Okay, I've got like, I've, I've got some articles to get to, so I want to I want to I want to break through the the other moonshot here. But by the way, the Giga Farm actually will generate water, energy, and nutrients for growers with zero uh, net zero environmental impacts. So like. So cool. Free field system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, cool. It's, it's cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. 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 That cool. That they've done that, but they're um doing it to um you know uh, put people in debt bondage. Yeah, we've invented this carbon neutral harvesting tool called the size. <laughs> <laughs> and also, of course, they have prep on the way. Prep on the way will collect produce from the Zoom Giga Farm, obviously, <laughs> and mm. other farms as well. So just in case you were worried, um, and process it during idle driving time to connect growers directly to sales channels, thereby reducing labor costs and en- eliminating additional processing and distribution steps. So are you saying the pizza van is going to be a thresher? <laughs> what I'm saying is the pizza van is going to replace every single step of food processing from planting to consumption. Love this is a year four science man. project. <laughs> this is this is something a nine year old wrote down when they ha- were 
no one told them to stop writing. I mean, I think that that is kind of a lot of what's going on in Silicon Valley generally, is that, like, again, a Chet, you know, one of several Chets, uh, wrote something down at, like, 9 or 10, and since no one was there to tell him, honey, it's not going to work out, they just, like, eventually, like, brought it to a bank and said, can I have money? And everyone said yes. Yeah, and they were like, well, yeah. Initially, yeah. they were like, no, no, this is hard bank. You need to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so with that, I think I'm in fact ready to move on to the single most trash future Telegraph article I have ever read Ooh. in the history of doing this podcast. Mm. It is entitled, now the title does not give away why it's the most trash future article I've ever read. The byline for the author does. The title is quite what you'd expect from the Telegraph, something that I've written in the last week. It's, make no mistake, our beloved NHS will never be on the table in a trade deal with the USA. By... Cool. Cool story. Matt Hancock and Liz Truss. Yeah. It's by both of them. They worked together to write... An article of 400 words, both of the major points of which are proven easily, quickly, and totally wrong with the first result on Google. That is, and that is 34 words more than they collectively know. So they've been on thesaurus.com. I mean, <laughs> y'all ever wonder what it'd be like with Matt Hancock and Liz Trust in my radio? The NHS. They begin. Is the nation's proudest and most beloved institution That's for true. more That's true. than 70 years. It has been there for all of us through the highs and lows. From cradle to grave, we all have a personal connection in some way. Oh, this is a classic example of when they could have just stopped at the first paragraph, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's a classic, like, when, they, when the spectator does, like, the sarcastic first paragraph, like, oh, racism is bad. <laughs> Here's why it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we prepare to leave the European Union, we are working hard to build an independent trade policy that allows our economy to flourish, creating new jobs and setting up Britain for a prosperous future after Brexit, which is the second paragraph you really want to see in an article about the NHS. <laughs> mm. So, uh, as we begin to negotiate trade deals throughout the world with Australia, Japan, New Zealand... And they kind of, kind of sneak this last one in there. <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> very, very good countries. Excellent countries. Uh, Everyone agrees, actually. Yeah. Okay. Very luxurious hospitals. Uh, so a lot of the nurses were on Melrose Place in the 1990s. Um, we want to make one thing absolutely clear. The NHS will never, under any circumstances, be on the table in any future trade talks. Riley editorializing, except in the ways that they describe in the following paragraphs. <laughs> the price the NHS pays for drugs won't be on the table. Not in a way that makes ever makes them lower, in a way that will only ever make them higher. And the services the NHS delivers won't be on the table. All the ones we haven't already sold to private interests. So, someone should have probably told Dominic Robb earlier today when he said that it would, though. Oh, damn. It's like one of them only ever tells the truth and one of them only ever lies. <laughs> My... My main theory is that Matt Hancock only ever tells the truth, but he's trying to lie. <laughs> like, he'd really like to. He just can't, he can't quite wrap his head around the concept. He's like, okay, if I say the thing that's, the, that's happening, yeah, if I say it reflects reality, well, of course, it has to reflect reality, 
Um, if I make a face later, maybe they won't believe me. That's how I'm going to lie. Oh, Matt Hancock learning to lie is like Borat learning to tell jokes in the film. <laughs> We're going to privatize the NHS. Not. <laughs> Labor. <laughs> Labor's attempt to spread lies about the NHS using all of those documents that they found um, to distract from their confused message on Brexit is shameful. How dare Labour spread lies about me by publishing the things which I wrote in private? <laughs> the, fucking incredible. A very confused message that anyone can sum up in about eight seconds. It's, you know, it's a yeah. lot. You, to be fair, it's very hard for Dominic Robb to understand. So, you know, and today, they, they only went to Oxbridge, all of these people. <laughs> Literally every single one of these people. Look, in today's rush, rush world with its robotic pizza delivery vans, who has eight seconds to understand Labour's Brexit policy? Exactly. All I know is Dominic Robb is a, is a second degree black belt in karate and nothing has ever made more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dom is for dominant. Um, okay. <laughs> Their tactic of scaring the most vulnerable people in the UK by saying what we're going to do. In rather than by deporting them. In order to score... <laughs> Political Damn. points is proof that Jeremy Corbyn is not fit to govern this country. I know. How dare you say something uncomfortable? Um, Damn. So look, look, look. That's just the intro to this article. They have two proof points that are ironclad that show that all of this selling the NHS malarkey is just malarkey. Joe Biden wouldn't have it. Mm. Uh-huh. They, their first proof point, proof point number one, ironclad. Conservative health minister, Henry Willink. Oh, well then. Mm. Was the first who declared that the NHS should be free at the point of delivery according to need and not the ability to pay. And 75 years on, the Conservative Party are as committed to that principle as ever. Now, from the panel. This was from a pre-NHS, so pre-Bevan white paper about the health service in the country. Uh... Who would like to guess what happened next? I'm going to guess that he said that and then voted no when <laughs> the creation of the NHS was uh, proposed. Mm. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, I was really hoping it was going to be my one, which was the next paragraph was, which is why I think we really need to make a deal with Herr Hitler. <laughs> uh, I just kind of thought it was like one of those classic Tory things where it's like, and that's why it's bad. Yeah. You know, mm. like, uh, if the poor continue to live, why, yeah. you know, whomst I, will we drive over in our automobiles? <laughs> look, um, look, they need to keep living. They have to, the, they have to like, justify the $4 billion valuation for Zoom somehow. Someone has to tend those crops. Um, no, no, of course. So, you know, um, when Nye Bevan actually introduced the bill to create the NHS in 1946, Henry Willink not only voted against his creation, but tried to introduce a hostile amendment that would have means-tested it. Oh my God, it was an early incarnation of Joe Swinson. Uh, I mean, like, you know, I'm not saying this as a historian, but I think he might have also hated squirrels. Is that, am I? Look, look, no, a sickness wallet. Look, here's the thing. And it's not libelous for me to say that Joe Swinson. <laughs> That's important. a great on this podcast. Go look, on. It's not libelous for me to say that it would be very difficult for Joe Swinson to guarantee that in the course of all of, her, all of her life on Earth, she has never either killed or contributed to the killing of a squirrel. And so 
What I'm saying is I'm casting doubt on her assertion that she's never killed a squirrel. And now doubts are mounting on her assertion that she doesn't kill squirrels. People are saying that Joe Swinton may have killed a squirrel. I just heard it. Yes. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> let, let he who is without sin fire the first stone, okay? <laughs> Can I say quickly, I killed a squirrel once. You should hear from a squirrel killer. I... <laughs> I, I, see I did. I euthanized a squirrel one. It was died, been hurt and was dying, and I was on my way to dinner in New York City years ago. R.I.P. to a real a squirrel, one. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, if you're still there after I've had my fucking wontons, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I came back, and I tried to help him and get him going, and he was just like, and coughing up blood, and I fucking killed him. So this Hard as a motherfucker. <laughs> so interestingly... Rob actually was reading from the text of an article John Rentoul will write to defend Joe Swinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read it through my Zoom retinal insert. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, in the time since this podcast started, Zoom got into another business. Yeah, they're uh, inside they're my body. They're dollars now. <laughs> so, back to the article. Right, their first proof point, it fell apart under, you know, the considerable scrutiny of 10 seconds of Googling. Which is about as much as Zoom did to invent a circular pizza box, and that's worth $4 billion, so like, where's our valuation? Um, here's the second proof point. As the recent Orcombi negotiations have shown, we will never be held to ransom by pharmaceutical companies. Pip, pip. I have done another 10 seconds of Googling to prove this completely horseshit. They say, so they say, Patients will always be put first, and the NHS will continue to have the freedom to negotiate discounted deals for new treatments that are affordable and fair to, and here's the turn, all parties. <laughs> Boo! Won't someone think of the multinational pharmaceutical companies? <laughs> Come on, you have to feed GlaxoSmith and Klein? <laughs> How will Zeneca get to Astra? <laughs> I mean, the weird thing to me is they're giving themselves cover. You know, I mean, in 2019, it's okay to lie virulently and publicly and insane and extravagantly. Mm. But this is sort of a this is sort of like a toddler lie because they're saying we're not going to sell the NHS, and what they mean is we're not going to sell it all at once. So yeah. they can really comfortably sell this lie, and they're doing a, I think, a good job of convincing themselves, but hopefully not the electorate. Yeah, I mean, I think that what it's couched in too, like it's the specifically there's the specific sort of like nationalistic uh, mm-hmm. appeal to it. it's like, oh well, you know, we're just so great yeah, that everyone yeah. is just going to inherently wish to give us a better deal, and it's like, yeah. honey, have you met America? Well, I would also say as a, <laughs> as a as a staunch labor supporter that that labor a little bit too is being like they are going to put it in a box and sell it to them in one fell swoop. They're doing that a little mm-hmm. bit too, and I think yeah. maybe they could afford to say something like. In fact, just look five years into history or ten years into history and you see how much they've sold and to whom because it's pretty easy to chart. Well, it's Mm. because, like, there are people who will be like, why would America want to take over some, some, like, you know, GP service in the middle of, of, like, you know, Wiltshire or whatever that serves ten people? And it's like, Ship it brick by brick to Mar-a-Lago and turn (laughs) it into a luxury bowling alley. We've been over this. (laughs) Like... 
there's this this weird ass thing uh, in uh, Dearborn, just outside of uh, Detroit, where Ford collected a bunch of buildings brick by brick from England. So he's got like a what? Yeah, no, I'm serious. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's called like a Dearborn Village or something. It's on the Ford property, and he bought all these buildings here. Like uh, the he's got he bought like a Cotswold cottage and he bought like all these and he bought like a weird clock tower from like in the city in london and he reestablished them all there and also like the wright brothers bicycle shop uh, i think oh. he heard that heinrich himmler had taken a shit there once <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but it's like it's this but this is the thing is it's like when we when we say we're going to just open up these markets again to americans it's like this is what americans are looking for they're like yeah i'm hoping to get that like i'm gonna brick by brick buy like a cotswold cottage and they'll be like here's my wiltshire nhs well, no, uh, what they want they don't want, they don't want the NHS. They want they want access, access. to a market of sixty five million English people, five million Scottish people, and however many fucking people live in Wales and Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. And this, and this is why Matt Hancock and Liz Truss are fully in character as Matt Hancock and Liz Truss because they've chosen the examples that undermine their point most. So they've said, but the Orcambi affair obviously shows that the NHS is not for sale. What's Orcambi, I hear you asking mentally. And Orcambi is a cystic fibrosis drug that the NHS has been fighting to get into the country for about three years. But Vertex Pharmaceuticals, I kind of like that name. It's like Vertex. The American company. It's quite evil sounding, isn't yeah, it? It, re- oh, yeah. it sounds like a RoboCop. Oh, definitely. Sorry, like, like, yeah. like James right. Bond has tried to like do something vis-a-vis Vertex Pharmaceuticals. They are a front mm. for some kind of nuclear submarine. Um, the American company that owns the patent wants to charge £104,000 per patient per year. Now... There is an Argentinian generic version that costs like eighty percent less, um, like 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 yes, way 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 less, and yet the UK has refused to deploy its mechanisms to fight like, um, like patent monopolies to get the affordable Argentine medicine in, and and they just I refuse to do it. That is, all the Argentines wonder... wanted were these little islands, yeah. <laughs> and so if they're their deal with the U.S. is we're going to remove barriers to entry into the market, such as our ability to take away a patent from you. The example they've cited is, don't worry, we're going to make sure they profit from, from basically stealing the NHS. Um, I which mean, means too like- long of the fat cat cystic fibrosis sufferers lauded it <laughs> over the American <laughs> pharmaceutical companies. You know, those people have got money to burn. And they still rarely live past the age of 20. You really got to yeah. squeeze them when you They don't dad. need that pension. Yeah. What are they, they might as well spend it on the drugs. I mean, it's, it is... Parody. It fucking is. parody. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this. <laughs> it, is, it is, to me, psychotic that they had an entire world of evidence at their disposal that they could have cherry-picked. And yet Matt Hancock and Liz Truss have proven to me today that they are secret accelerationists. <laughs> they were like, no, no, don't, don't worry. We're going to pick the evidence. Like, no, it's going to be really bad. And don't worry, don't trust us. I want to read the original Liz Truss only draft of this article where it's like, <laughs> Britain imports two thirds of its drugs. That is a disgrace. <laughs> we have so many willow trees we could be licking, like our ancestors used to. In China, they use pork. To treat injuries. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> they say, a new U.S. free trade agreement could break down barriers to trade, create more opportunity, and prompt growth and prosperity across the country. 
Which will then, of course, continue to fund the NHS. <laughs> the you opportunity know, meters are reading 3.6 Ronken, but the real, re- the real levels may be far higher. <laughs> I don't know about you, but anytime I think about prosperity and healthcare, I think about America. I was just going to yeah. say that you, you read that passage and all three of the Americans on stage just looked down like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. By the way, why do the British need like a, an 80% American panel of people to tell you that you're being fucked over by your politics? We came here for healthcare, I fuck's sake. No, I'm like, don't <laughs> fuck this up for me. Like, I just... <laughs> Uh, Health tourism. Vote conservative. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my glasses are fogging the fuck up. All these people pay so many more taxes than I do. (laughs) Uh, Vamp for a moment. I have to clean my glasses. Getting steamy up here. I mean, it, again, God, it's, it's you're it's, all so lost without the notes. What would you do with one more me? time? It's just the concept of the Matt Hancock and Liz Trust threesome is just she can't take it anymore. No, yeah. Wipe them Too glasses steamy. down, really. Take a minute. But here's yeah. the thing: take the third, a moment. The third is opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know all this stuff that we've been talking about? You know about the uh, sale. Uh, purchase and sale of the NHS by uh, people who just want to make your life worse because they suck. Um, apparently, it's all it's it's all just a bunch of of, of malarkey, as Joe Biden would say, mm-hmm. um, because the leak of the papers actually raises the specter of foreign influence among certain people. And thank God for that. Ooh. Yeah, there is a specter haunting Europe, indeed. <laughs> it is this. It is the specter of Russia. Yeah. The specter of just a like caricature Slavic person. Yeah. We're coming for you at any moment. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, The way the Labour Party actually received these documents, and this is not far off from what is now being reported in the mainstream British press, is a guy in a tall fur hat did a low kick dance into (laughs) Labour's HQ. (laughs) People are like, Tom Watson's back already. (laughs) (laughs) He's finished the level two gym instructor qualification. Now he's learned Cossack dancing. (laughs) Yo, it's, uh, but he's I'm, jacked. Yeah, yeah, he, he's Tom CrossFit. Damn. God, no. No, so um, legitimately, the headlines today say that it mirrors Russian methods. And when you drill down into what they mean by this in like the third or fourth paragraph, it's, well, Russia put documents online and so did these people. And that's yeah. it. Apparently, Have you ever been uploading on a, a document in much way, uh, in many ways, uh, the way that I uh, teach my classes at universities also uh, d- it mirrors Russian tactics like yeah. that too. You never know where you may find my syllabus, Wait, so watch know? out. Russian watch tactics out. are like get so drunk you invade a country and then forget enough to pretend you didn't. <laughs> as far as I lived there for three years, that's the best I can do. <laughs> so. Uh, apparently, the leak and distribution of classified... U- How bad must internal Tory polling be, by the way? That they're like, oh, well, that thing, it's Russia, obviously. The leak and distribution of classified British-US trade documents online resembles a disinformation campaign that originated in Russia, according to experts who say it could signal foreign interference in Britain's election. Except in this sense, it's just an information campaign. Yeah. So just like this is just the Russians doing freedom of information. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There's a million things that we can all say about the Russians, but it's like none of this is incorrect so well, far. It's right, but um, I've actually gone to again because I do this for all of you people. I expose myself to this kind of information. 
I mean, he means literally. He's taking off his clothes in front of it. I, I, I flash the, the computer. It's the only thing that works anymore. I flash the computer, and I'm like, take this bad article. Yeah. Um, well, so, the, the Russians want a robust, progressive left-wing government in the UK, because what they're really scared of is Matt Hancock. Because <laughs> you may have noticed that all those people that the Russians murder in Britain Hall, oh, the Tories have really gone after them. Oh, and all they're fucking yeah. shitting it over in Moscow. Oh, boy. So, a report by Ben Nimmo, the director of investigations... <laughs> Finding Nimmo. <laughs> We've found him, finally. Well... I, I mean, look, it's, prob- it's probably going to be the episode One title. One man just left like, you will never find me. <laughs> <laughs> Director of Investigations at Graphica, a social media research company. What? Oh, sorry, mm. network analysis company. Said okay. that the leaked documents that arrived online were amplified in a way that closely resembles the known Russian information operation called secondary infection. And if you weren't scared enough, infection is spelled with a K. Oh. Oh. That's how you know. And the I was like backwards and shit, so you know. It's going to be like one of those things where they tried to spell it out so that we could read it with a Cyrillic alphabet, and every time I see it, I try to read it in Russian and then just get deeply confused for five minutes. Oh, yeah. They're like, they just think that you can use like Yaz. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Look, I got a lot of deeply Slavic-based complaints about all of you people. (laughs) So form a line afterwards. I'm going to insult you all personally to your face. Uh, (laughs) So here's the thing. The people who uncovered this were researchers at Britain's Oxford and Cardiff universities. <laughs> the amalgamated university. <laughs> Oxdiff, they call it. Mm. Um, and a think tank called the Atlantic Council. Ooh. What, sound- what evil blood-sucking monster are they funded by? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out, shall we? <laughs> the Atlantic Council think tank. Why, they sound downright normal. <laughs> They sound like they're like uh, run by some kind of squid in the middle somewhere. It's like mm. <coughs> it's a trope. Um, <laughs> the Atlantic Council, <laughs> the Atlantic Council. This is from their website. Promotes constructive leadership and engagement in international affairs based on the Atlantic community's <laughs> central role in meeting global challenges. Well, I fucking the Faroe Islands. <laughs> like- I mean, this sounds disturbingly like the early slave trade, but go on, it's fine. (laughs) The council provides an essential forum for navigating the dramatic economic and political changes defining the 21st century by informing and galvanizing its uniquely influential network of global leaders. Is this the pizza van, but it's doing it? It's the pizza gate. It's the pizza gate. It's the pizza gate. (laughs) No, it's so basically, it's, yeah, we're like not the CIA. We're just, we're just like... We're any other thing. We're tons of other stuff. Just we're a startup. Chill. We're a vibe. We're an idea. CIA, come on. Those guys are over there. <laughs> the the a- Blackwater naming convention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no war just, crimes here, Incorporated. Just a, ch- <laughs> just a chill bunch of guys who want to make sure that people have access to selling drugs for higher prices in the UK. You know, mm. maybe we get pizza sometimes. It's oh, chill. Yeah. Oh, here's five nine. guys or less. It's not sus. It's all good. <laughs> Through the papers we write, the ideas we generate, and the mm. communities we build, the council shapes policy choices and strategies to create a more and secure and prosperous world. So no yeah, one who, no one Wait, who has ideas says they're generated. I the CIA has mm, never no, no. said anything like this, but um, because I never, I never stop asking questions when I'm presented with some transparent marketing horseshit. Now that's an Oxford education right there. You'll never get a four billion endowment with that attitude, sir. <laughs> um, I have um actually uh, 
taken some of the titles of the Atlantic Council's blog posts, which are um, illuminating as to its priorities. Mm. I'm going to start with the first one, and this is the mildest. So this is uh, the, um, the ranch wings of the Atlantic Council blog post um, selection. Norway's PM explains how NATO will help combat climate change. Hell yeah, we're going to nuke climate change. (laughs) I love it. The F-35 is going to fucking shoot the greenhouse. (laughs) We're going to do a regime change, but in the sky. Mm. We're going to regime change the sun. Damn, God is dead and we have killed him, truly. (laughs) But that's just, that's the gentlest one. The second one I've ramped it up all the way to medium spicy. Mm. Protests challenge Iran's future position in Iraq. What? Wow. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, look, Iraq's only going bad because Iran's occupying it. They're evil, remember? We're the Atlantic Council. The NHS document, by the way, that's classic disinformation. Don't Mm. believe it. I don't think he understands how... Geography works. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. This seems distru- distressingly not Atlantic, but yeah. I mean... Does he think that Iran is like Lesotho and it's like inside Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> Look, NATO people think Iran's everywhere. <laughs> okay, here is medium to spicy. Juan Guaido's Operation Freedom gives Venezuela a shot at democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Because when they voted for the other guy, it wasn't democracy. <laughs> a one no, guy, like one guy does a shot at democracy sounds distressingly like an early kind of like 2000s VH1. Tequila, tequila, a shot at love. One guy does a shot at democracy. Hey. And then there's a Serbian war criminal, a shot of poison. Uh, oh. Um, Remember that guy? Yeah. Here's yeah. <laughs> Oscar's video, The Ones We Lost. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I feel like he's from this Oscars video. Yeah. Uh, so, here's the last, the spiciest one. I didn't go by rule of threes here because I wanted to do four. So, is this meatball level? Is that what we're calling it? This one is I'm quite... I'm going to get in there and call this it This one that. is an extremely spicy meatball. If you were alive in the U.S. in, 2000, in the year 2000, hold on to something. I'm just going to duck and cover. It's all I know. Blog post entitled, The 10% Margin, Understanding Bolivia's Contested Presidential Election. It opens with the line, Imagine if a U.S. presidential candidate can win the presidency with only 40% of the popular vote. Fuck you. Fuck you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That was the first election I could vote in. I turned 18. I immediately left the country. Mm. Like, the... The thing oh, fuck where you. no, I'm still mad. <laughs> the, the people who are saying, oh, honestly, those documents saying that the Tories are going to do what they've always been doing once they accomplish the thing that they want to accomplish to like do the thing they want to do, which is sell off all the stuff to the Americans so we can become an Atlantis country. Don't worry, they're not going to do that. That's Russian disinformation. Don't worry, you can trust us. The people who are like democracy that only happens like what when they count the most votes like come on there are all kinds of ways that can be wrong bolivia the elected president no come on we have a bunch of like crazy new math we invented that says he's not really elected so what i'm saying in bolivia is very important because how else they're going to come up with these kind of ideas without that much cocaine (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to conclude on this mr nimmo's report states the most urgent question is how did these leaked documents, apparently genuine, 
come to be disseminated online in what appears to be an information operation six weeks before the election? How did it happen? How did labor come into possession of them? How did the Telegraph come into possession of them six months ago and then just do nothing with them? I heard that shit was on Reddit, but like not one of the porn ones. <laughs> so was who was paying attention? <laughs> it was in our relationships. But that was that was the thing, right? That was, was the like, thing, right? That, that, that on the Telegraph, they, they didn't reveal any of the text of the document, but they reported it on. They're like, U.S.-Britain trade talks. Nothing spicy happening here. U.S.-Britain tra- trade talks. Going well. <laughs> anyway. Like, um, how did they come into contact with these documents? Oh, I don't know, because the Tories are all dumb as shit and everyone who works for them hates them. Like, It's pretty easy to imagine a scenario without like Vladimir Putin dressing up in a ninja costume and like stealing them from underneath a sleeping Matt Hancock's folder. Like... <laughs> I mean, like, literally, like, most of the Tory cabinet would lose their own penis if it wasn't screwed on. <laughs> I have it on good authority that several of them pay good money for that, too. So it's just like, oh, yeah. Listen, they got a massage from an, an ugly woman who was very old. <laughs> they kept that's, their pants on. That's Dershowitz. It's a different country. <laughs> Same group of people. So to conclude, <laughs> the legal disclaimer. Atlantic group. All we know, all we know at this point, we can say for sure... And again, we know this because Tory internal polling must be in the single digits, um, that the Russian playbook is never for or against anything. It's about sowing confusion and destroying the field of political trust. Mm. But fortunately... You know how I got these post-Soviet republics? (laughs) (laughs) But fortunately, there's a startup that actually has a trust fabric. Trust okay. fabric kind of sounds a little bit like they're kind of like trying to advertise panty liners or something. <laughs> the trust fabric is like the brotherhood of nations that bonds Belarus and Russia. So, so, noting that we are now considerably over our hour uh, recording time, I am going to say, can't leave yet, but I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to say, first of all, thank you all very much for coming to Trash Future Live Recording featuring Rob Delaney and Ellery Yoniga. You're all beautiful. I love each and every one of you. And now comes the bit where I say the other stuff that I've been saying at the end of every episode of these uh, last six weeks. Um, Sandra, please bring the kids back. <laughs> we, can, we can talk this out. Um, it's Russian misinformation. Sandra... Sandra, the Liberal Democrats and Conservatives have so much money from like three guys, and they're none using- of whom are Russian though. Don't worry about no, that. Don't worry. <laughs> they're all classic British billionaires who live in Gibraltar, um, and uh, literally all we have. Um, when this comes out, it will be three days to the election. You're all hearing it now. Some days before that, there will be ups and downs in polls, and us saying to not believe them or believe them or whatever. Do what, it, what the do with the one that we say, but you know, we'll tell you. Um, <laughs> But like literally, all we have is people. Um, so uh, keep keep knocking on doors. Like again, not just randomly. Like have it be with a CLP. Um, don't just don't just do um, ding dong dash. Be like ha, vote labor. Uh, no, you you do you do have to be organized. But like uh, you in the audience and you listening at home, uh, you you must do this, or else uh, you, Britain could become more like America. 
which well, don't come make on, me please. move again. Come on. And it's they, fun too. Canvassing and door knocking and phone banking and stuff is like really fun. The first time you do it, you're like terrified. But then you do it and it's incredible fun. And you might even get laid. You might meet somebody. <laughs> so you just it's whoa, not, whoa, whoa. That's fucking haram. None of that. No, no, no. Come <laughs> on. None of that. I thought the telegraph said we're, we're going to do Sharia. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just saying there's a selfish element to it. Yes, you'll be helping future generations, but you'll also enjoy yourself. So <laughs> well, also, that's again, okay. We're here in like, you know, extremely like the independent Republic of Londonistan. But if you've got time and you can go anywhere else, if you have a look on labor websites and you can look at marginal seats please, there, there, please, please come to Bedford. Yeah, like seriously. Like, we Peterborough really, too. They need some help yeah, up there. Seriously. Yeah, there, there are a lot of places. And don't just go. There's tons of people in Uxbridge. There's other places to go. If you yeah. could just like look at where targeted seats are, then maybe we won't all die in a fiery holocaust without penicillin. I don't know. Yeah, please. Come on, please. Uh, help. Look. Help. We all know. We all know we're voting labor. We're campaigning labor. What's going to happen on uh, December 13th? Lib Dems winning here. <laughs> Come on. Skills wallets. If the, if the audience can tell me, please, what will happen on December 13th, it would be so gratifying when I point the microphone at you. Exactly. An incoherent bear-like noise. My, it's going to be an indeterminate noise because I'm going to be screaming, my boy JC did it though! And that's the he thing. He did it though! All that, year, and it's going to be great. No, so. That noise you just made... Um, all of the op-ed columnists at the Observer are going to be making exactly that noise on the 13th. Pitch it down a few octaves. Because there. <laughs> you, you're okay. going to be in Julia Hartley Brewer's mentions. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be typing, Julia Hartley Brewer! <laughs> I'm planning to spend the entire day just going to various Tories things and asking them how it feels to be publicly owned on Twitter. <laughs> so join Before- me. Before, before we let you all go, uh, this is also mostly for the recording. Eleanor, you've got a comic book coming out. I do. Uh, on pre-order now. Uh, yeah, on, on Icon Press. Pre-order it now from, uh, like, hopefully your local bookstore. Don't be a fucking narc. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Middle Ages, a graphic history. Don't. don't <laughs> come, get, come get you some. Don't, actually- don't get it from Amazon, the Zoom of... Uh, product ordering. No, yeah. no. The publishers are actually printing it in a van as it is delivered to you. <laughs> and Rob, you also have a comedy show coming up. Yeah, I have a special coming out next month. It's called Jackie. Woo! So nice. With all of those plugs done, I'm now going to do what I normally do in the studio and say thank you all so much for coming out again. You've all been wonderful. This has been Trash Future. Have a good evening. <laughs> Thank you.